It was a wild weekend for BC Sports, with basketball having a clunker, hockey finding some success before blowing another game, baseball having an awful weekend, and lacrosse again setting records. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, on Saturday, Boston College basketball headed out to Syracuse for their rematch against the Syracuse Orange. And this game had a lot of interesting uh, side notes going into this. Now, Boston College played against Notre Dame just a couple days before. And they were short shorthanded. Uh, T.J. Bickerstaff with a leg injury was out, and also Quinton Post, who was ill uh, out with illness, uh, had missed the last two games. So they were down quite a few bigs. And at first, it didn't look like that was going to be a big deal against the Irish. But as the game wore on, and James Carnick fouled out, James Vanderbond fouled out, uh, and then they were down to you know Gianni Thompson falling out. It, they were just running out of bigs, and it ended up killing them in overtime. Well. Going into this game, you're hoping you get at least one guy back because then you could kind of you could manage having you know Karnick and one of the other guys and having Vanderbond as a backup. Well, they got Quinton Post back. J- Bickerstaff is still out, but Post was ready to go. That didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, going into this game, I thought you know the BC just never matches up well against Syracuse, and especially with Grant Earl Grant as the head coach and the way this roster is. Set up, they're just they're just not set up right to beat this team. First of all, on offense, BC against that zone, you need to be able to shoot the three pointer. BC can't do that; they can't shoot. I mean, we've we've seen that over and over again, right? They shot seven percent in the first half from the three point range, uh, seven seven percent, one for fourteen. Not going to win any games doing that. Then on top of that, Syracuse has those lights out. It seems like every year they have. A handful of lights-out three-point shooters. Now, this year, it's a bunch of them that have the last name Bayheim behind it with Buddy and Jimmy Bayheim. But also add in Cole Swider, the uh, guy who killed BC about 11 days before uh, with some big threes. You add him in there, and you're in trouble. Because once they start hitting threes, and they hit threes, they shot 46% from three-point range. Boston College never had a chance. And BC fell behind early, and you know Syracuse... Let them crawl back in. Syracuse was really kind of sloppy in this game. I don't think they did all that well in terms of uh, putting BC away. I mean, at some points in this game, they should have been up by 30. I mean, the way that they were playing. But BC crawls back in. They were only down by 12 at one point. They're really starting to dig in and kind of get back into it. And then what happens? Swider hits a three. three. There's, you know, a couple other crazy plays. And Syracuse puts the game away. So... Nothing else to take away from this game. It was just another mess. I mean, BC, uh, turnover-wise, they had 12 turnovers in the first half. You're not going to win that. And then offensively, the biggest issue that came out of this game, I don't think it's going to be a big issue moving forward, was DeMar Langford got hurt. Now, he had 10 points in the first half, and against that zone, he was the only one getting points. And it was kind of, it was it was one of those just like, oh, man, how many more things could fall for Boston College? Because Langford, 
I mean, all year long we've been preaching that he needs to find his shot, and he just started to find it. He is really starting to find his groove and had 10 points in that first half, looking like he was going to be that guy again. And he uh, after the game, Earl Grant said it was a toe injury. He stubbed his toe. So that doesn't sound like to me like a big injury. I'm not sure. I don't think like a toe injury will keep him out that long. Like even if he broke it, like I've stubbed my toe many times. I've never broken it, but maybe he hit it so hard that he did. I still think they could probably make it so he could play. Uh, but he was on the bench the whole second half. Uh, and that that was a big loss for BC, uh, losing him. But I think he'll, you know, the BC plays today against Florida State. This is the makeup game against um, a team that, uh, due to that COVID cancellation about a month ago, uh, sorry, December. So this will be a makeup game for BC at home. Um, you know, hopefully Langford will be there. We'll see what's going on with Bickerstaff. You, you know, the other the other game player that needs to kind of step up as well is Makai Ashton Langford. Now, as much as we've said that he's had some really big games this year, he's also been wildly inconsistent. I mean, going into the Notre Dame game, he was nine for thirty three in the last two games. Nine for thirty three is not going to do it when you're the the volume score that he has to be, and it's and it kind of sucks because it's not supposed to be his role. Like he's not, he's a facilitator. He's a guy that can be your third or fourth scoring option. But they have him in as the first scoring option because they don't have any other options out there right now. His brother is starting to turn it on to be that, but you know, in the interim, it's had to be it had to be Mackay Ashton Langford, right? So we'll have to see how BC kind of picks themselves up. You know, they've lost eleven in the ACC. I think it's five in a row now. Um, and Florida State's a good team. You know, Florida State is a good team, or at least they have been good in the past. They're only fourteen and twelve this year. Uh, Leonard Hamilton's a really good coach, though. But they have some really questionable losses that may might actually turn out to be put BC in a good spot. They lost to Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Clemson, and Pitt. All teams BC has beaten. Um, but, you know, and they've lost quite a... I think they've lost, like, six of the last seven. So they're, like, right in the same ballpark as BC. But they've also beaten Duke. So you never know what you're going to get, but... A quick turnaround, and at home, for both of these teams, it's a quick turnaround for, for uh, Florida State, too. So at least BC is getting some home cooking. It's a 7 o'clock game on the ACC Network. This might be one of BC's best chances of grabbing a win here, uh, especially if Bickerstaff can come back um, and, and DeMar Langford is healthy. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Now, in a moment, we're going to jump in and talk about baseball, which had their first opening weekend. Uh, down in Austin Pay, and it was a disaster for the Bird Balls. You're going to hear why in just a moment. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to your Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website now or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out all my work over there. We're now in the midst of baseball season. I know it's only the middle of February, but Boston College baseball is down south starting to kick off their season with some games against Austin Pay this weekend, or Austin P. They are um, they, they played a three-game series, and it started off, you know, go hang into the season. Let's kind of jump in a little bit. 
Uh, this was a big year for this is gonna be a big year for Mike Gambino. We're gonna start off right there because they made some coaching changes. I know they got a new pitching coach and they added another um, staff member in the off season. So they've juggled his staff quite a bit. Um, and that usually is a sign like, hey, you got to figure some stuff out here or we, we, you're going to probably be next is kind of where my view is when coaching changes happen like that. But heading into the season, you know, they lost some of their their studs from last year. They had two guys go in the draft uh, pretty high. And this year they're going to have, uh, you know, a lot of question marks. And so this weekend series against Austin Pay, a team, you know, 150th, I think, in RPI. Should have been a, a, a pretty easy uh, weekend for the Eagles. And it started off well for them. They start off in the first game. Joe Mancini throws, uh, you know, pitches pretty well. He throws uh, five innings, only allows one earned run. The bullpen looks great, too. They only let up one earned run as well through four innings. You know, Charlie Kuhn, Brennan Coffey, and Julian Tonghini do pretty well. They, you know, they let up three runs in four innings, and, and, the, and the bats are alive. You know, you get some good hits from, um, you get big games, excuse me, from Peter uh, Parker Lendwire and Joe Fatrano. And so you start, and then up and down the lineup, they get, you know, they mash out nine hits. They, they do fine. They win eight to three. It looks good. But you start looking at what happens on Saturday and Sunday, and you start scratching your head and going, oh, God, this is going to be one of those years again. And it's because BC then proceeds to lose two straight walk-off losses. Against Austin Pay, and in these games, BC had leads of eight nothing on Saturday, and a ten to one on Sunday. So they had humongous leads and couldn't hold either of them against Austin Pay, and blew both of them. And in the second game on Sunday, they had seventeen runs. They lost eighteen to seventeen, and both of these games ended with walk off walks. Just bad. Bad. There's no way to put this. You lose, you let up nine, 10 runs on Saturday and 18 runs on Sunday. So the, obviously that's an, an ERA of 14 uh, for the second half of this weekend. And it's it's the bullpen. The bullpen was gross. It, it was awful. Joey Ryan on Saturday, four earned runs in one inning. And on Sunday, he comes back out and doesn't get an out and lets up three runs. That, I mean, just go down the, the – I'm not going to pick out each individual pitcher because you just go down the starters on – I mean, the relievers on Sunday, and it was it, it was bad. You know, they had nine walks on Sunday. Um, they let up uh, 17 hits, 18 runs. Just just awful. And, again, this is a game that should have been a warm-up game for Boston College. Now, you didn't have uh, Mason Pelio go this weekend, but he's not a reliever. You're going to need, you know, Pelio in the years past has gone five, six innings. You need someone who can get outs. You're not going to win any games if you're going to have your bullpen play like this. So just atrocious. Like, and you don't know, like, I mean, you look ahead and you know that you have tougher games coming up. You have USC Upstate, North Florida are all going to be better teams. Then you start your ACC schedule with Miami. Um Good luck, because this is going to be an ugly season. Now, the positive, obviously, if you score 17 runs, you've got some good hitters out there. They had 10 runs the night before, uh, day before. Luke Gold is going to be an excellent second baseman for BC. So the, the offense is there. It's just, for the second year in a row, this team has no pitching. 
or at least right now. And I, I'm going to try to stay level-headed and not say that this is going to be a issue. I mean, like, you know, it's one weekend. One weekend, a lot of things can happen. Um, I will I will wait to panic or, or, or bang the drums, excuse me, uh, if it becomes a theme. And so they, they play next weekend on Friday against Presbyterian and George Mason. So those are two games to kind of keep an eye on. Presbyterian, they, they're two and one. They won two out of three games against North Florida. So uh, they're going to they're gonna have a game on Wednesday against Georgia Tech. So we're going to get a better chance to see how this team does against good offenses and good, good teams. But I don't know. If this is how this season's going to go for Boston College... Mike Gambino's seat is going to be scorching hot because, as I said to start this segment off, they've already made the changes to his roster. They have a brand new stadium with brand new freight center and all the all the new amenities up there in, um, in Brighton. And you can't bring a coach. You have a coach that comes in and for the second year in a row looks like he's going to have a team that's going to be the bottom of the ACC. Like, the, the recruiting doesn't look like it's there the the issues seem like it's going to be it, it seems like a big issue right now so it, i have to imagine that if this continues this year, i mean if it happens like if this weekend happens every weekend it's not it's going to happen before the end of the year my goodness that this was this was a really really bad weekend for bc baseball but if if they if they struggle and and are you know the bottom feeders of the acc again you have to think that Kraft is going to make a move at some point. Like I don't, I'm not big into you know asking for guys' heads, but Gambino's been there for quite a while now and hasn't had success in a while. You know, since the, that you know they got to deep in that playoff run. I don't know how many more years you can just say you know it'll be next year, it'll be next year before you start demanding results. And when you're putting money like you are into this program now, you need to get results faster. Just the way it is. That's the way college sports are. So I'm not sure if anything, you know, if, you know, hey, maybe this was a fluky weekend. But I'm just saying, if this continues, I imagine by May, BC will be looking for a new baseball coach. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Gambino's a great guy, and I don't want to, I don't wish any ill on him. I just, I look at the results and I say it how it is. Now, in a moment, we'll get into some other results from around the weekend. There's a lot of sports to talk about. We're going to talk about Women's lacrosse, big weekend, kicking the snot out of BU, hockey, and everything else in between. Now, if you've made this your first listen every morning, if you check out Locked On Boston College every day, thank you. It means a lot to me that you found that our podcast is the best way to get your Boston College sports. We're the only one that does this five days a week, and I appreciate each and every one of you that have made us your first listen every morning. If you haven't already, find a time to do it. It's we're a fifteen, we're sorry, we're like a twenty-minute to twenty-five-minute podcast every day that talks about all the Boston College news, and I give you the analysis of my takes on everything. And you may not agree with it, and I'm fine with that. I mean, this is just me, you know, knowing what I know, talking what my talk. But I don't expect you to agree with me. But hopefully, I give you some interesting thoughts. Um, and if you if you like us, you know, tell a friend or two. You know, say hey, check out Locked On Boston College. It's a really cool podcast, and it's really well done. Or whatever you think about me. Um, you know, AJ's uh, obnoxious. You can. I mean, if if people hate me because I'm obnoxious, that's fine too. But check out Locked On Boston College every day. We're here five days a week, wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars 
creations that they've ever come up with. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got some really great flavors in the puffs too, like the cinnamony churro, the coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie, they're so good. You gotta check these out. All Belt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate with low calorie, high protein. You're gonna replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bar, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can't beat that. Think of great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. Sounds delicious. You're gonna need to check it out. With all these new great flavors, you need to head over to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. I hope you had a great weekend. I sure did. Now, you know who else had a great weekend? Charlotte North and the BC women's lacrosse team. BC women played... Uh, their third game of the season against BU, a home game, in which they absolutely trounced the Terriers 22-6. to Now, Charlotte, this was a big game for a few reasons. First of all, Charlotte North set a ACC record with for the most goals in a career with 284. Uh, that happened after her fourth goal. Now, BU, BC was on a completely other planet from uh, BU. They jumped out to a 9-2 lead after the first period, 16-2 by halftime. It was, I mean, it was over. You got big gains again from Bell Smith, who had three goals. Jen Majid, who continues to have a huge year. She had five goals. Um, she's she's putting up all eight, you know. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for Charlotte North, we'd be talking about her for a Tawarton Award. But Charlotte North again. You know, had another enormous game. She had uh, just four goals on the game on the day, but you know she's she is on another planet right now. The way she's playing, again, she is one of the best athletes in Boston College history. And the fact that we should be able to all get to see her play soon, I mean, I think the fans should try to get out there and check her out. I mean, just to to watch someone that is the top of her sport. Um, what a game! Three and nothing. Uh, uh, three and zero now on the season. They're gonna, you know, they got a better game starting off on Wednesday. They're gonna head to Charlottesville to face Virginia in the ACC opener. So make sure to check that out. We'll have coverage up on bcbulletin.com. Also this weekend, BC hockey had two games in a home, home, a home and home. Excuse me, against Northeastern. Now BC had not won a game in 2022, which is shocking, but they they broke that record. With a win on Friday, a four to one win at Matthews Arena, so BC goes up with goals from Kobe Ambrosia, Trevor Kunter, Kunter, excuse me, Mark McLaughlin, and Marshall Warren. Mark, you know, Mark McLaughlin is back from the Olympics, but the the good news ends on Sunday, uh, Saturday, excuse me, as BC loses four one to Northeastern. Now. There's only four more games left, and uh, not looking very good for BC. If they're going to continue to play the way that they've been playing, they got two against BU and two against UMass. Um, and you know the way that BC, uh, you know, matches up against BU, not very good. BU's pretty good, and, and UMass is obviously one of the best programs in the country right now. So um, it's not looking good heading into hockey East time for for the Eagles. Um, but hey. 
they got to win. I mean, is that really where BC hockey is right now? BC hockey for years has been, obvious, you know, for decades, has been the 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 talk of the talk of the campus. It's obviously like the marquee program, but it's not anymore. They're not playing like it. You know, we just want the season to end uh, so that we can stop talking about how bad BC, BC hockey is. Final little note, uh, Brian Flores, Boston College linebacker who was fired by the Miami Dolphins to end the season after going 8-9, um, has found a new job. He's going to be a senior analyst. Uh, I think it's just in charge of linebackers. We could be the linebackers coach too. Besides these, these uh, job titles are a little vague. Um, they uh, hired him, Mike Tomlin, again, this this weird Boston College connection with Mike Tomlin starting to form up, right? His his son Dino is at BC. He hires you know Brian Flores, so Flores found a new job. He's not going to be a head coach, not going to be a defensive coordinator, but hey, it's it's a gig, right? Um, and actually, I totally forgot. There was one more piece of news that I completely forgot to bring up, which was on Friday, Buzianwuka announced that he is going to return to Boston College. Now he's a defensive tackle. You know him as Chibuzi. Um, yeah, Jeff Halfley and the, the roster refer to him as Boozy and Wuka. Uh, he had 19 tackles. He was a starting defensive tackle for BC in 2020 before he blew out his hamstring in 2021. This is good news. Um, you know, he's good. I like him as a player, and he's definitely an upgrade from what we saw in 2021. No knock to the guys that uh, played last year, but having him there, he's a good complimentary player. He had two sacks, two forced fumbles. Uh, he could be disruptive. Um, and there was no word whether he was going to come back or not. Um, he had an extra year bef- um, after because of, for a medical redshirt because he didn't play this year. Um, but uh, he announced it on Instagram. So that's a that's a plus. I mean, think of it this way, right? So for some people who are are wishing for BC to be so active in the transfer portal, think of this as a transfer portal win, right? You've got a guy that you know in your system that has done pretty well. I mean, who else are you going to get out there right now at defensive tackle that could do what he does? You're not going to find him. And, you know, there's other guys out there. The guys that are above them are, are going for NIL deals, right? They're going for those school or playoffs or, or you know, top-of-the-line blue-chip schools. They're not coming to Boston College. So I think this is a big win for BC. Um, you know, he, he improves the defense. Is he a game-changer? Nah, I don't think he's a game-changer. But he definitely gives you some stability on that defensive line, one that I thought was underperformed a lot last year. So um, that's good news. Hopefully that Achilles injury isn't a big factor in his speed and the way he played because he was quick. I thought he was a quick, you know, undersized nose tackle that did, did pretty well in 2020. So uh, good to see him back. Now, if you want to check us out, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Florida State game. Hopefully it'll be a win for the Eagles. We'll talk a little bit more about everything else going on this weekend and everything that you want to know about Boston College sports. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack on underscore BC. Feel free to go in there and yell at me about my takes. I don't care. Um, I love a good, I love a good uh, thrashing every now and then. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.